0: On today's episode, I sat down with Elena Leonova, VP of Product at BigCommerce. With a decade of product management experience, I really wanted to get Elena's take on product discovery and how it's perceived from a product leadership point of view. We discussed how Elena got into product by accidentally taking the business analyst role, and after reading Marty Kagan and getting inspired, Elena decided she'd make a pivot from BA to PM. Now, as a product leader, Elena works to create space for her PMs to focus on the important work of product discovery. We talk through what product discovery is, why we should do it, and what gets in the way. This is Lessons in Product Management. Let's get started. Hey, Elena. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, John. Nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, nice to have you here. So for the listeners, could you give a, a brief background on yourself and what you're doing today at BigCommerce?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So hi, everybody. My name is Elena Lianova. And currently I'm the VP of product management and company called BigCommerce. BigCommerce is a leading SaaS based e-commerce platform for customers of all sizes. Um, So I have a luxury working on e commerce platform that's supporting merchants of all sizes from really small to really big enterprises.
0: Very cool. So. I guess for a little bit of background, like what, what drew you into product uh, and like what was your what was your journey to product leader?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, my journey to product management hasn't been uh, necessarily straightforward. Um, I will start by saying that, um, so I, I'm originally from Ukraine and uh, when I was in college, um, as, as all of us do... I started looking for, obviously, for a job um, and came across the position at that time that was called uh, business analyst. And um, that actually excited me because I thought it was about analyzing the business, um, what ended up being um, actually writing technical requirements for the product. So I still kind of wondering what was business about that. But regardless, um, that's how I got started. Um, after a couple of years of doing that, um, I decided to look for for a new job um, also came across a business analyst position and at that time I read a book um, from Marty Kagan um, inspired and in that book he was talking about um, his product management experience at eBay. And I definitely remember that because um, I the company that I started with was an e-commerce space and and I remember having that moment uh, where I kind of said to myself that I, I wish one day I would be a product manager um, at a company uh, like eBay. And funny enough, um, in a month or two after, uh, my company got acquired by eBay um, and all business analysts were converted to become product managers. So that's pretty much how I started um, on my product management career. And since then, I absolutely loved it. Um, I love both e-commerce and product management. Um, so I think that the work that I have, the work that I do in the position that I have right now is both love and the passion. Um, and um, I always, always really excited to, to bring new uh, product managers into the space uh, because I hope that they're going to love um, I know what they do as much as I do that as well.
0: That's awesome. It sounds like a perfect marriage between the, the industry that you love and, and the role that you love. So that's really cool. So as, as we talk through today about discovery, I'm, I'm really curious to hear from, from a product leader like yourself on uh, how, you, how you view discovery in, like, in terms of importance and I guess your take on creating space for your teams to do discovery.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will start by saying that um, in most companies that um, I typically come across, uh, when talking to other product leaders, I think uh, product discovery is one of those activities that are, um, that is not uh, appropriately um, focused on, um, so to say. Uh, most people focus on product delivery, but not product discovery. So that's why this topic is um, is really important and, and really exciting for me. Um, I think we first need to start to talk about what product discovery actually is. Um, And uh, when we look at product discovery, to me personally, it's the process of continuously understanding what a customer's needs. um, So then you can build a product that meets uh, those needs and deliver the promises. And uh, there are lots of important words in that statement because, it needs to be continuous. Um, You also need to be focusing on customers and their needs, not um, kind of trying to validate your own ideas. Uh, But then also most importantly to to your question, um, there needs to be space and time to do so. And kind of when we look at um, how most product managers spend their time, Um, because most companies focus on product delivery for the right reason, obviously, because it's important to deliver products. Uh, Most product managers um, don't really have enough time to actually go and talk to customers. Um, They most of the time don't even know kind of when they do talk to customers, what to ask and what to do with those insights. Um, And um, and then also how to kind of share those insights that they get um, if they do get them. Um, In a helpful way. So imagine like you talk to the customer and they gave you three ideas um, and then uh, another product manager talked to the customer and they got three different ideas. So now you have six ideas from two product managers uh, and those two product managers might not really know um, kind of what to do with them. Um, So that's why it's really important to build that practice in the company to support the product discovery and have leadership buy-in to help um, drive those insights and actually convert them to actionable um, steps or items on the roadmap.
0: Totally. Uh, I'm really curious, as as we talked about this before, and as I'm thinking through, through it right now, I'm curious if like, Stereotypical agile processes feed into this issue, right? Like, I think about like the two-week sprint cycle, and if you're trying to get, like, I wonder if teams struggle with like cr- creating space for discovery because you feel like you need to keep the de- development team fed every two weeks with stuff to do. Hi. Do you have a read on that? My name
1: is Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think um, that there's definitely there's definitely that aspect. Uh, because in most agile, um, most people understand agile um, that in a way that, in, in Scrum most importantly, um, that product manager needs to be available to them all the time. And, um, and that's obviously true because if the team has some questions or ideas, they obviously want to, uh, to have the product manager be available to them to answer. At the same time, um, what I typically say to my team is that if you spend all the time uh, being available to your engineering team, it probably means that you're not spending enough time with your customers. And uh, while the engineering team might be happy, at the end, I know probably after like a year or two or maybe a couple of months, depending on your product, overall, we as a company might not be happy because we might be building something that is not needed by pretty much anybody. So, um, so from my perspective, it's really important to, um, to have kind of like a dual cycle where... Yes, there are are sprints kind of where uh, we already have ideas that have been um, discovered during discovery process, validated with the customers, and those kind of two sprints mostly focus on product um, delivery. But then at the same time, portion of the time that product managers uh, spend on their work is actually being focused towards delivery or discovery, I'm sorry. So they actually spending time with with customers, they actually have a separate um, kind of process, so to say, to, to get those ideas. To analyze them, uh, to come up with some hypotheses, then work cross-functionally to come up with possible options to deliver um, um, how to deliver to those um, to those needs and um, ideas that they got. Um, and then from there, kind of once we have enough confidence in those ideas, actually start working on them um, during the delivery cycle. Um, and um, kind of to summarize all of this, um, I do believe that you actually write that most, most of the time people don't really spend enough time. Um, kind of focusing on the discovery uh, discovery phase, mostly because they have those two sprints and they feel like they have to be constantly available to their engineering teams and have to be constantly giving them some work to do. But the most important thing is we need to know that that work that those teams will be doing is going to be something that is needed to the customers.
0: 100. I, I completely agree because, right? Like shipping for shipping's sake doesn't drive outcomes. Right? It's it's that whole outcomes over outputs mindset, and and something I've seen. Uh, like really good teams and good companies do that I thought was really cool to create space for their teams was, um, you know, I think a lot of engineering organizations complain that they never get to tech debt and get to pay pay down tech debt. Mm-hmm. And so they, they assign a, a certain percentage of time or or in the cases where you're still in discovery and you don't quite know what you need to deliver yet, then things kind of shift to like a tech debt backlog and, and give your developer's time to start paying down some of that tech debt. So I thought that was a an interesting way to solve two problems in one.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually, I never thought about that that way. Um, yeah, but um, I think there's definitely something to it. Um, um, at the same time, like I do believe that um, kind of, even the technical debt kind of needs to have some merits uh, for it. Um, so- Totally. I think it's really important for engineers to be also present at those um, product discovery sessions, because some of the tech that they might have might be related to performance, so to say, um, or maybe quality or maybe something else. Because um, when we think about Discovery is not only about finding the new um, ideas, um, kind of what to build, but it's also making sure that the customer is happy. And every time when I think about that, um, the example comes to my mind is we all like to watch Netflix. And uh, if we were to imagine a situation where you, I you know it's Friday night, you want to watch a movie, you open up your Netflix um, app. And yes, you have all the movies, but it's like constantly breaking up or it's so slow. And yes, you have the app and it has all the features and potentially you can actually watch that movie that you want, but the quality is so bad that you actually hate the whole experience of doing doing that. So that is uh, um, also product discovery. And that is something that is important not only for the product manager and not only for a designer, but also for engineering uh, representatives to hear that from the customers and see how can they actually address it um, maybe actually spending percentage of their uh, technical that time on on doing uh, some work like this.
0: I love that. I, I love how like you shifted the focus away from new feature development to looking at other areas that impact the the customer's experience that might that might be tech debt related around performance or quality or other things. I think that's I think that's a framing of um, discovery that isn't often explored. So I appreciate you bringing that out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, like, I, I think we understand that discovery is important. And, and I, I love that, that you shared some some ways to create space for your teams to do that. Uh, I, I'd be curious to hear from your experience, like, things that trip teams up as they try to perform discovery or maybe misconceptions around discovery. As, as product managers hear about it, they may have ideas of what it means. Uh, what, what what have you seen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, Um, The first thing that comes to mind um, is every time when we think about new um, initiative, um, we obviously all go through the cycle where the company plans um, their goals for the next year and um, there will be, let's say, maybe a new initiative that we want to work on. And somebody will say like, oh my God, we actually need to go into um, product discovery. So all of a sudden you have a group of people who run and actually start doing this product discovery to discover what what we actually need to do under that initiative so to me this is a like anti-pattern of something that you should not be doing because on the flip side your discovery needs to be continuous Um, you have to be constantly talking to your customers you have to be constantly understanding what they need so then when company decides to focus on something whether it's whatever that might be international expansion or maybe going to a different segment you already have a list of insights Kind of what might be needed in order to succeed as a company, instead of the company first committing uh, committing to a goal, and then the product team try, uh, goes and tries to find out like what would we do in order to support that goal. There's another kind of aspect to that is um, when we talk about like I know I call it like one-time discovery uh, versus continuous discovery. Um, another really important, um, concept is that, um, in order for somebody, um, like any product manager to get really good insights from their customers, you have to build relationship with those customers. If you first meet that customer, um, and, um, you start, um, conversation saying, hi, I'm Elena. I want to know what your needs are. Um, I know people might tell you, I know, three things that they have, um, I know maybe you are. Uh, working in a company that delivers uh, I know meals and I know the customer will say I actually like to eat eggs for breakfast and then I don't know uh, broccoli and chicken for dinner um, and I know some kind of soup for lunch and I know you write uh, write those things down and then you go to your engineering team and say okay so we actually need to kind of build an app that's kind of delivers those three meals because that's what I've heard from from my customer kind of That might be one way, but in reality, what you're losing is kind of, you don't really ask why, and then the customer might not be comfortable telling you actually why they eat what they eat. Like maybe there are some bigger goals that they have, maybe they're trying to lose weight or maybe they want to look really good for their wedding or whatever that might might be, or maybe it's their um, nutrition prescription and they have to eat that, or maybe they have allergies, but you kind of can get to that level of comfort with a customer only if you met with them a couple of times once you actually build that relationship. So to me, um, again, kind of to summarize all this, um, one of the good patterns of discovery is to keep in mind that every time when you talk to customers, they're also people. So it needs to be always people to people, not um, kind of product manager to a customer conversation. Um, And that shifts the whole dynamic. Um, That way you can get like truly actionable insights. And most importantly, you will understand why people want to do that. So then when you don't have eggs that you can deliver for breakfast, you can actually you know, offer something else. Maybe it's gonna be a protein shake because the protein isn't really important for that customer.
0: No, I, I love that you emphasize like the customer's goals, like not just what they're asking for. Cause we're not we're not order takers, right? We, we try to understand what the customer's goals are because a, a an express solution is is kind of singular in nature, right? But a but a goal opens up the solution space to be multiple. And um, I, I I agree. I think that's a, a common anti pattern that that we find in, in discovery efforts. Um, of, of not doing that in a in a good way, framing it to where it's where you're looking for goals. Um, are, are there are there other things that you would encourage product managers to do in discovery or different techniques or methods or or anything?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, um, You mentioned uh, different techniques and um, approaches to discovery. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the anti-patterns of product discovery is to constantly using the same pattern for everything. Um, We all uh, have our own preferences and some people rely more on qualitative data, some rely more on uh, um, Quantitative data. Some likes A/B testing. Some likes looking at data. Some like uh, some people like talking to customers. And um, kind of when you have those preferences, um, if you um, do product discovery the, the right way, um, you actually kind of like might be steering t- towards one um, kind of like one approach that might not be actually suitable for for that specific uh, for that specific situation. Um, and um, Let's say, like when you're starting, uh, like when you're working on a new initiative, um, or even discovering like what that next initiative might be, you actually do need to be talking to customers because you need to understand who they are, what their true uh, true needs um, actually are, and then start kind of coming up with those hypotheses. If you're trying to grow existing products, um, and you're trying to understand like why people are not using the those amazing features that you've built based on uh, insights that you already got because you've done the product discovery, right? you might start looking at some uh, some of the tools like um, or approaches like A-B testing, maybe start looking at data and see kind of maybe people just cannot find it in your product. Um, or maybe user experience is just so confusing that um, they just don't know how to use it. Um, so there are lots of different um, tools that are available, and lots of people talk about kind of the variety of product discovery tools. But um, I think what's really important is to understand what is the goal of discovery? Like what are you actually trying to do? Um, Are you trying to find the new ideas um, or are you trying to validate the ideas that you already have? Or are you trying to um, kind of fine tune and kind of find a way to grow adoption of something that you already have or it might be something else. And then based on that, kind of choose a couple of different methods that will deliver the best results for the task that you have.
0: No, I love that. I hear a lot and I've I've heard it from like Melissa Perry and others who, you know, well-known authors in the product space that they hear from product managers. Like I, I hear you, Melissa, or I, I, I hear you, whoever the thought leader is, right? Like I, I understand that's the right way to do it, uh, but my my leader just won't let me. And I'm really curious, like from a leadership perspective, like understanding how important these things are. If there's a product manager listening right now that says, you know, I, I love what you're saying, Elena. I, I wanna do it. I, I wanna use all these different tools, but m- but my director or VP just doesn't get it. Do you have any advice to, to that product manager around like leading up to paint the picture of value or like how, how would you how would you suggest going about that?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a wonderful question. And I'm sure that we'll uh, probably been in that type of situation at some point. Um, There are probably lots of different ways how you can uh, go about that specific problem. But I'll start by saying that if you ended up working in an organization that doesn't understand product discovery yet or the importance of product discovery, um, I will still recommend product managers to focus on product discovery, but try to do it um, using methods that are really easy to use. For example, I know they're obviously like if you have a product, you already have customers. Um, so talking to customers and then every time kind of when um, there is a delivery meeting, uh, because I know you probably already have really well established product delivery organization where you have maybe like roadmap meetings um, or status update meetings, um, start talking about those insights. Um, and uh, the way I would do it is if your organization focus on again, um, delivery, um, then, every time when you um, release a new feature, instead of just saying, we have completed feature A, um, add an- another slide or um, I don't know, just a quote from a customer that says, and this has been delivered to those customers, and those customers got this value. And we know that because we actually heard from them. You can also do a Zoom call like this and kind of record a snippet where a customer says, oh, actually, like, I, I don't know, thank you so much for this feature. Like, it helped me kind of do X, Y, and Z and you ask them why, you, you understand the value, and then maybe at the end you ask like, but what else can we do for you? Um, and you can kind of start like slowly injecting this like those processes um, um, into like a product discovery into the processes that you already have. Um, while kind of like not trying to rediscover or like reintroduce the processes that you don't have. Because I know it's always really difficult to change the processes all of a sudden and introduce something that didn't exist. But regardless, you can have those um, moments where you introduce a little bit of product discovery and the feedback and the insights that you get um, within the processes that you already have. And then kind of build from there. Um, I know first you, you share insights um, kind of every time when the customer got the new features and you go to your, I know, maybe beta processes and you say, we actually talked to the customers. We gave them some of the beta features. This is what they like. This is what they didn't. Um, I know, and um, you kind of, again, start focusing on the customer and their needs and kind of why they didn't like I know, what we delivered. And then you kind of like move, uh, move up to the beginning of the process the next time you say before we actually build something let me actually go talk to the customer and I'll come back to you with insights in a similar way how I shared insights for when the features were released already
0: I love that like creating creating space for yourself to create value through discovery and then showing the the outcome of discovery in those in those meetings to kind of Uh, weasel your way into it. And and it it gives you more leverage to be able to have that conversation versus just going to your director or VP saying like, Marty Kagan says, we should do this. So we need to start doing it now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that approach, like in some cases might work Um, if your uh, leader also kind of wants to do it because he watched the same keynote um, that that actually uh, (laughs) might work. But if if that's not the case, then start like adding um, kind of some insights or pieces of that process to the processes that you already have um than your organization.
0: For sure. Well, Elena, I'm I'm really enjoying this conversation. Um before we go, do do you have any advice for aspiring PMs or young PMs who are trying to kind of get into that first job or or make sure they're starting out well early in their career?
1: Yeah, um yeah, it's a uh... Um, gosh, there are so many different, um, uh, ideas that come to mind. Um, but I think it's really important, uh, for the product managers who are just trying to get into, for people who just want to get into the product management and also for people who are just starting their career in product management is to, um, to know that, um, our work is to serve uh, the needs of customers so everything that you do needs to be always focused on on the customer so the most important thing that you can do whether you're looking for a job or maybe you want to grow in um, kind of you want to grow your career in the job that you already have is to put your customer first understand what their needs are make those connections and relationship with those customers and then um, kind of not try to pursue your own ideas in your own Kind of thoughts on your own agenda, but kind of always put the customer ideas and needs first. And that will um, absolutely help you um, continue growing in your career because if you Frame the conversation with your mentors and your leaders, and um, I know the managers that you have in your company. And you will say that this is what I've heard. Regardless, whether you're just starting from um, starting your career or uh, looking for a promotion, that will um, obviously put you ahead of everybody else um, because you have the data and you are definitely committing to drive the business forward because you know what customers needs, and that, that uh, um, and that is ultimately what all companies are all about. To so, know help customers grow. Um, and in the same time, succeed with them.
0: Love that. Uh, Elena, thanks so much for the time today. I, I really enjoyed this conversation as, as I do every time we get to talk. So th- thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Um, and I really enjoyed it as well.
0: That was Elena Leonova, VP of Product at Big Commerce. Before you go, be sure to rate, review, subscribe and share. And I'll see you next week on Lessons in Product Management.